This is Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and I am your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Hey guys, we're just going to get into it because I have a legend on as a guest and she's also short on time. She's also short and she's short tempered with me in general. So I don't want to waste her time. Guys, let me introduce the one and only Kara Swisher. Hi, how you doing? Hi, how you doing? I am short, but I'm not short tempered. With me, you're short tempered with me. Deservedly, deservedly so. And I I think, you know, the reason that so many people love us on Twitter, they Mm -hmm. do. I get so many texts about us when we're going, is that that we have a banter and that you show a side of you you don't always show. Which which is is what? You're short tempered with me and you're just like, (laughs) shut up. And we get into it and I'm back at you. So. All right. Okay. Okay. And you've caught me on a weekday. I'm a little sick. I I have a cold that I caught um, at Ikea. You did catch it at Ikea helping. You think it would be COVID that I would catch at Ikea, but it was not indeed. It was. No. And so for you guys to know, like Kara seems, I'm saying this, I'm knocking on all the wood, but Kara does not have COVID. She's shown me her test. I stayed with Kara. There's a weird thing with us. Uh, there have been two incidents where I have hurt myself quite badly in falls. Oh, okay. One was walking with Kara and our dogs five, six years ago in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. Yeah. And on a normal sidewalk in sneakers. And mm-hmm. I just fell. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I fell, right? I fell. Mm-hmm. I broke my ankle, tried to get up. Kara's like, just walk on it. It's fine. <laughs> I couldn't walk on it. Ended up in the hospital. Yes, and we did take it. you to the hospital. Yes. Well, no, Megan took me to the yeah, hospital. That's true. You had your ex wife to pick us by up. a lesbian cabal. <laughs> and I went to the hospital and incidentally, it was on the street that my mom grew up on. So we yeah. thought it was, and it was on Mother's Day. So we thought there was a lot of symbolism there. No, you and then did. Just, I thought it was just that you fell. Like, you I feel, well, I feel like <laughs> you, I thought, I thought, I wow. feel like my, well, okay. Or you pushed me or something. I, I didn't don't know. push you. You just fell. And then the second time, what was the second time? The I, second I feel time like was my birthday this yeah, year okay. in DC at the White House Correspondents Weekend. Mm-hmm. And you had since left and I was mm-hmm. in the darling care of Naima Raza. Mm-hmm. And I tripped on cobblestones in my mm. high heels. And what did I tell you before I left? Before I left, do not walk on those high heels. On the cobblestones. You did the, tell me that. You I did. did. Before I left, I said, please, please take You had been, we had been separate at that point for maybe 32 minutes before I fell. Yet I was not face. there and I gave you a warning. So none of this is my fault. <laughs> no, no, none <laughs> of it's your fault. But I not only yeah. then smashed my face if, you if did. people thought, I mean, I literally, you, you saw the aftermath. That's it was sad. brutal. Yes. I also got COVID and then proceeded oh. to be in your house and everybody got COVID that weekend yeah. at the White House Correspondents Except Weekend. Me. Everyone but you. That's true. That was weird. That yeah, was because weird that everyone another COVID. sign that you might not be a human. <laughs> I'm a vampire. It is weird. I'm sure I will get COVID, but um, I haven't yet. It's really, it's perplexing because I'm with a lot of people who have COVID or I'm in tight spaces. I've been in a lot of situations. I was in Europe. I was in Germany. I mean, Germany. your kids have had COVID. Your baby like had COVID. Everybody's had COVID. My brother just had COVID for the first time. And I haven't, wasn't with him. Yet. I was with him for a while. But was this Dr. Was, Jeffrey Swisher? Yeah, he got it in Maine. He had, he's a doctor in a hospital and he didn't get it. And then he did want a trip to Maine, which was kind of strange. But I think people don't know where they get in. Like, I don't, I, honestly, I don't know where I got this cold. Probably from Clara, who had a little bit of a cold. But, you know, you're just paying a lot more attention with COVID. But you get Kara has four times. children that span like six generations. 
generations. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's why we're at IKEA, and also with the children in the. Where was that school. IKEA? It was in Long Island. Red or Hook. Qu- Red Hook. Red Hook. That yeah. looked dark, yeah. it man. Wasn't too dark far day. from Manhattan for where he is. He's on the Lower East Side, so it wasn't that bad a drive. It's so exciting. It was well, exactly so for those of you who know Kara, you know she's a legend. She is a. Uh, I, I don't even know how to explain her impact, but. We've known each other since the early days of your of you and I in technology. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. been over twenty 1990s. something years. Nineteen nineties, maybe. Do you know who introduced that. us? No, Don no. Clark, oh. from okay. the Wall Street Journal back in Where? the day, and Where? it was at a book party. I think for your first book. Oh, um, okay. All right. Yeah, I don't remember. I, don't I do. Remember. It was it was the time stood still, and. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Kara is like, I have a really weird family story and Kara Mm -hmm. is the, you know, we choose our family and Mm Kara and her family has very much, um, I've chosen them. My kids love Aunt Brooke. My kids love Aunt Brooke. (laughs) I have, I'm looking at a picture right now of me holding Alex as a baby, as well Mm -hmm. as a picture of me and and Louie at Legoland Mm -hmm. when they're little boys. I know. You always trusted me with your kids. You you did say famously though, when mm-hmm. I was given Potato, my dog, as a surprise gift on my 40th, you told mm-hmm. everybody who would listen that that dog would die because I wouldn't be able to take <laughs> so care I of it. So I thought dog might die. I don't know. I didn't know. I was like, that is not a gift to give to Brooke, but you have done a beautiful job thank at you. Potato Care. At Potato yeah. Care. Yeah. yeah. I thank you. Yeah. I mean, and he's, you're very good with Potato because you like to hold the bone. He's a good dog. He's a good dog. Potato he's a really nice, lovely dog. He's turned out to be a real asset to your life, I think. Thank but, you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. You yeah. guys are already starting a support group for when there is no more potato. Oh, I don't. I know let's that. not discuss that. But, but anyway, we're here. There'll be another potato. I'm going to get you a copy of Island of the Blue Dolphins and a new potato. That's what okay. What's Island of the Blue Dolphins? It's about a girl and a dog who get stuck on an island together, and she, the dog, and she become very close, and the dog dies, but she gets other versions okay. of it. Okay. So okay. I would like a it's blue a wonderful island. book. And you should read it. Okay. I definitely will read it. We need to Mm -hmm. prep. Well, this is a pop culture podcast. Yes. Kara is pop culture. And I'm going to get to that in a second. It's sort of like you are pop culture, my love. You have made Ray-Bans as famous in tech (laughs) as Tom Cruise has in mainstream pop culture. Yeah, because we're such a fashionable group of people in tech. It's so like trendsetting. yeah, but you brought the, I don't know why you don't have a deal with Ray-Ban. I really I don't, don't either. They did a deal with Facebook and not me. I can't believe it. I mean, it's absurd, shocking. really. It's absurd. And, yeah. It should be jailed. I'm ready. Ray-Ban, if you're listening, it's mm-hmm. time. It's time. But Kara is a legend. She's also the OG in terms of podcasting, in terms of storytelling, in terms of interviewing. And so it's very intimidating me talking to you as oh, like. Oh, stop it. Oh, it is. It Please. is, babe. For those of you who follow me, you'd be intimidated if you kept calling me babe. So you're not that intimidated. Clearly, it's my nervous tick. Um, right, on okay, Instagram, fine. if you follow Whatever. me, which Kara is no longer on, no. So she didn't get to see all of the photos I was posting when we were traveling oh. in Europe, Yikes. where you were like oh. the dad. There's a meme that goes around or a trend on TikTok that yeah. shows the dads at airports that get to airports yeah. like two hours before the, the you need early. to be yeah. and hurrying you up through security. That was you. You were like, hurry up. I'm like, we have two you, hours. No, we didn't have that much time. And by the way, airports were really bad in Europe. I know, um, but as, we made it. We had been. no problems except for our return. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, they were, was, you know, they Alex was coming back from... Amsterdam um, the other day and his flight was just canceled. Just canceled. I, I was like, what? It was a direct flight to Newark from Amsterdam and it was just canceled. And they gave no reason. 
Where did he, what did he end up doing? He flew to Frankfurt and then Newark, but it was quite a bit of wrangling because yeah, it's not it great just, as a, but it was at the last minute. It was hours before it was sort of strange. And we're so airplane flight is very, um, it's that's quite the topic of the, can. one of the, the daily episodes this week is just yeah, about it's crazy. The, it's, it's really, it's we, we had it happen to us. It's weird. People of course have long, de- you know, depended on airlines to be on time and not thought that they could be not on time and cancellations are usually over weather, but now they just do it for the hell of it. The Daily at least showcase that they're not even saying that it's staffing issues. They're blaming God. Like it's right. a, an un, it's they said that it was weather. a, I know it's an it's act of God. It's staffing. It's staffing. It's, it's the fact staffing. that they were all complaining about it actually on one of my last flights that was having troubles and they were talking, the people themselves were talking among themselves about staffing, that there's not enough. They fired a bunch of, you know, airlines and their infinite business acumen fired people during the pandemic. And then right. now, and now they can't get time. them back. Yeah. I waited three hours in mm-hmm. July for my, or the end of June for my suitcase at Heathrow. Oh, did Three you? hours. Last airplane thing though, Karen and I did fly mm-hmm. back. We were in Germany and England together in the beginning yeah. of the summer. And when we were flying back from Germany after a delayed canceled flight sitch, we weren't sitting next to each other. And there was an, an older woman seated mm-hmm. next to me who oh. got very <laughs> angry when I suggested she might want to switch with Kara. And she was, or I could, uh, she yelled at me. I could smell the alcohol in her breath and it was was quite upsetting. I got upset. I alerted the flight crew who did nothing until the woman promptly passed out in the the aisle. And they were, after they gave her 11 glasses of wine, we counted. That was was sad. That was a sad situation. And then the flight, the, the head flight guy came over and apologized to you Mm-hmm. on behalf of, for me, like he was thinking that you were like my minder or something. Yes, I guess. <laughs> and it, that was sad. That lady was sad. That was weird. I had a better seat. I don't know why she didn't want to switch. I know you had a much better seat. I think she had trouble strange. getting to the seat. So by the time she was there, she didn't want to move a seat. Yeah. I think she, she was drunk by the time sad, she got on the sad plane. issues. That woman. Um, okay. Well, pop culture, my darling, there was a, there, the, the newsletter this week, it was sort of all over the place. We talked mm-hmm. a little bit about grief and, and social media, which I find really interesting. It's something I, I think is, is really well, wild to see Gen Z and it's really all the generations, but use social media as a way to talk about death or dying, whether they themselves are dealing with it or they've lost Uh someone. And there's, it was just, it's, it really brought up a lot. And um, Mm -hmm. so I found that interesting and I, I, you know, that's another conversation, but that was the main topic. Um, And then there is a trend that I actually am going to show you. I'm going to make a TikTok (laughs) of you because there's a trend. Um, We can't play the song, but it's a teenage dirt bag. It's the song. Oh, we had dirt bag. And um, yeah. it shows pictures of you as a teenager. It's like, look mm-hmm. at me when I was a teenager. So your brother, yeah. Jeffrey Swisher, sent me a few oh. pics that I'm oh, going to put together in a TikTok. Oh, oh, nice. But you I were not a teenage dirtbag, Kara Swisher. You were a prepster. I was a prep. Yeah, yeah. There's no dirtbag pictures. I look almost the same, actually. In you, a lot of ways. Well, you do. You look better Similar. now. I think Similar. I think we both aged better. But I know, you're I know. But like I'm saying, I, I should show a picture I just got from my cousin uh, from what, who uh, lives in Seattle, brought me when I was, I don't know, 20. I look exactly the same in a car, you know, in a Volkswagen convertible. And it's interesting. Um, I don't look a lot different. I'll tell you that, which is interesting. Well, you don't wear pearl necklaces no, and pink and white true, polos that was with a popped collar. That was lucky. That was lucky for a pearl And you necklace. had a feathered hair. Well, yeah, but I kind of do now. Yeah. Do. Yeah. A version of it. A, a, a nicer, more expensive version of it. But yeah, let me get back to grief. I actually want to tell you, I was really interested actually online about all the 
the reaction to Anne Hesch's death, which was tragic in many ways. She was obviously an addict. She was uh, clearly uh, something was going on when she got in the crash. What I was amazed by was the cruelty around her death. Um, I, you know, she was clearly an addict, very, so obviously. You know, she did bash into someone's house and they lost their house. But you know what? They're living and it was a house and she died. And even though it's her, you know, alleged her fault, it was because she did it. They forgot to sort of factor in mental health issues with her, which were I, I knew her a little bit. And you could pick that up 20 years ago. Yeah, um, I, I well, that there's a lot. A I mean, there's this then. amazing yeah. article. We'll put it in the show notes from uh, it was po- I saw it on NBC but somebody mm-hmm. wrote about it and says that, that you have to take addiction into account here. And yeah. the reactions to, you know, the people who showed support when she first been injured, whether it was mm-hmm. Baldwin or others, mm-hmm. and the comments that people were throwing and saying she's a right. crazy bitch. She deserves everything. She, right. you know, it's it, awful. It was it really, is. it really was. I think she was a very gifted actress and you could tell, you know, she sort of went awry, I guess. And a lot, a lot of people had happened to, listen, it happened to Robert Downey Jr. And he's celebrated, right? Cause he managed to get through it. Do you think it's um, because of being a woman or being a gay woman or, or you know? No, she was certainly a groundbreaker for bisexuals, really. I think that's what she really represented. And she did it at a time that wasn't easy. And by the way, she was on the upswing in her career like crazy. Yeah. She was, you know, she was in that streep kind of, you know, level of acting skills. There was a whole bunch of actresses then, but she was certainly someone. I remember seeing it for the first time in a minor role. And I was like, who is that? Like you could... She was one of those. Like what? I remember a movie she was in when Joaquin Phoenix was just like the side character. It was her and Vince Vaughn in Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. And what they, it was. It, I saw her in a lot of small roles. I noticed her immediately. This is pre-Ellen, pre-everything. You know, she looked adorable, but was quite sharp. And yeah. so she, it was a, a lot of stuff going on with very gifted actors. And then obviously fell into. Well, she had quite an upbringing, right? I mean, her father. Yeah, her book had, was, had molested her, given her sexually transmitted diseases, but he was her also parent, Her mother and others just deny that, but I don't really, who knows what happens. In that, any case, I don't- He did die of AIDS. Agreed. He did yeah. have a secret gay lifestyle. Yeah. And yeah. she was impacted and all of her siblings have died, but one apparently. Like, yeah, one sad. had brain cancer, one died yeah. a, early on. A crash, and a car crash. A car what crash made me saddest of all about her in terms of, one was the cruelty towards her, especially because she had two children who seemed wonderful. Her son seemed to handle himself beautifully. Her older son named Homer. He wrote a beautiful statement. He wrote a beautiful statement about her. And he just seems very together and apparently took care of her from what I know from people who know her. And he's Louis' age, which is, you know. He's 20. 20. And she had a 13-year-old too. And so I think, and she's, you know, you can see pictures of celebrities with their kids. She looked like, like she was a very good parent in many ways, probably problematic because of her addiction issues. But I feel like just the cruelty that people just unleash online to people they don't know and they don't know the circumstances was really quite repulsive. I found It's it just happening, hard. though, across the board. I had a viral moment this weekend, mm-hmm. which you saw. I tweeted mm-hmm. something that I've tweeted over the years, literally since Trump was elected. And it was mm-hmm. just retelling of a story. My mm-hmm. father was a corporate real estate attorney, a big one mm-hmm. in the 60s, 70s, and so we'd run well, into 70s, Trump. 80s, yeah. and 90s in New York. Yeah. And if you're a corporate real estate attorney in the 70s, 80s, and 90s in New York, you encounter Donald Trump, who was just mm-hmm. a like you know cheesy, big time developer at the time. Mm-hmm. So and my father and him encountered each other over numerous amounts of times and deals and so forth. 
forth. And mm-hmm. my father told me the story about his encounter with Donald Trump when my mom was dying. So this was 96 or 97. And he told me this then. My father passed away shortly after that. So this wasn't motivated by any, oh, look, Trump is president. This was told to me back in the in a moment when nobody believed he mm-hmm. would be anything beyond what he was, which mm-hmm. was that, you know, Donald Trump and everybody could see this slapping my dad on his back and saying, Bobby, I hear it's time to get you a newer model, basically. And that was relayed to me then. And my, and my mom obviously was never told that, but my dad was. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, this tweet went viral. Kara, I mean, mm-hmm. it's at 90,000 likes wow. now. It's, it's got 4 million impressions. Mm-hmm. A couple things that came out of that. One, I was literally watching this happen and I'm bracing myself for being attacked mm-hmm. because that's what we've come to understand yeah. when something like that happens, whether it's the Trumpies, the MAGA people, or just in general, mm-hmm. people who are snarky. And there was some of it, Certainly, like somebody telling me my mom is lucky to be dead. Like, it's really, you know, just awful stuff. But for the most part, I saw whenever somebody did that, this community came after them and were just Mm -hmm. like protecting. It was a really unusual experience. I wasn't anticipating that. But what Mm -hmm. it also then kicked off was Mm -hmm. so a difference, not the cruelty. The cruelty was being smacked down. Mm -hmm. It also kicked off this trend of people sharing their own there are other stories, their personal stories of mm-hmm. Donald Trump in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, or yeah. the stories their oh. parents shared with them. Yeah, it was wow. really interesting, and it created this huh. really positive community of what I was not expecting, because I was expecting what was happening, right. what we see w- with the Anne Heche and the so forth, of just people who have the opportunity to be cruel and yeah. be disgustingly behaved. It, yeah, I have just, noticed a pushback since she died, you know, in that's a terrible right. way, by the way. It's just a horrible, I mean, that video that went viral and people are consumed by it. It's just, it's a I, shocking thing. But there is empathy that's rising to the surface. And I think yeah, people maybe. are recognizing maybe, there was one person, I tweeted that article yesterday, the NBC article, and somebody responded on Twitter like, wow, this does put things in perspective. I'm going to be more thoughtful next time I'm being judgy. And I'm like, yeah, I think I the hear twitchiness, you. as you know, I've talked about this a lot, the twitchiness and the ability just to pop off by people who never could pop off before. Their cruelty is the first move and it's weird. I call it the, the aggrieved people, you know, and Silicon Valley is rife with it. The, the, the richest and most powerful people are the most aggrieved, you know, whether it's, well, it's like I say, sex or something it, like that. I you can't say. stop talking about how everything's awful. And when he's in a perch of incredible power, it's exhausting. Well, I will say my line after the latest investment in your friend, Mm -hmm. Adam Newman, when you're poor, it's called mental illness. When you're a billionaire, it's called being eccentric and brilliant. And that's the sort of world we're in right now, which I find so disappointing. And I know like the flow, or as I call we flow, (laughs) it's just another example of like, I mean, if this had been although a woman, you know, of all the people involved in this, I like Adam Newman the best, <laughs> which says a lot. <laughs> Adam is actually news. quite affable, and they knew what they were doing when they gave him the money. And so, I'm not so sure it was rich people who were aggrieved over him, and then now he's su- he's suddenly being taken up by other rich people as like he was badly judged by the media. That's oh, I mean, I think Mark Andreessen knew exactly what he was doing when exactly. he wrote he that post. He wants to make some money. 
And, well, he's also trolling, I think, a lot of us. And I think to get real estate and housing advice from Mark Andreessen is not really something that public needs at this moment. Well, Mark, who is who is actively trying to keep affordable housing out of his own backyard, right. his community is now telling people that, you know, the dream is to rent home and have pride in it. It's just yeah. really strange. Yeah. I, I find that. I just don't want um, to be lectured on, on equity for people by Mark Andreessen. Well, you have Bill Gurley coming to I do. Your, I'm excited. Your final about Bill code. Gurley. Are you going to ask Bill Gurley about this? Because they're a famous, you know, feud between Bill Gurley and Mark Andreessen. No, I I, Bill is going to present a new concept he has, and he, I haven't seen it yet. And I, I'm going to give him free reign because I really, I'm always intrigued when he makes a statement about some conceptual idea around tech. And so I'm going to just let him do. It. I'm going to see it before, obviously, but but he's going to. He has. A, he said he's an area. He's very passionate topic. He's very passionate about. So I'm excited to see what it I'm is. I'm excited. I have yeah. one of he's Bill so Gurley. He's so smart. He's such a smart guy. I thought you were going to say he's so tall, but he is. No, he's very tall, tall and smart. <laughs> well, you know, the thing I like about Bill Gurley is that, as compared to other people in Silicon Valley, Mark Andreessen being one of them, is that he and I have had vehement disagreements. Bill and I, like a lot of times, and he's totally professional. Do you right. know what I he mean? Like he's coming. I, I, the last time we talked, we had a, a beef about something. And but you know what? He's he's a professional. And Wait, have you a, been blocked by Mark on Twitter? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, but it was a professional disagreement and that was fine. He was he's an adult and you can have he's so smart. And it, whatever he whatever he says, if, even if you don't agree with it, you have to go, oh, that's a really interesting. I, I'm constantly that's an interesting idea. And then I think about it. And so I appreciate venture capitalists like him. And by the way, we had disagreed on Travis Kalanick until he agreed with me. Until he um, agreed with you. Yeah. yeah you know, and for those of you, if you okay. watched, if you watched the super pumped show, which is mm -hmm. the Uber show that I forget was on, was it on Netflix Showtime. or Showtime, Showtime. Showtime. Yeah. And by Mike Isaac, who used to work for me. He's that's great. right. Mike Isaac yeah. used to work for, for mm -hmm. Kara and he wrote mm -hmm. the book that became the show. And coach from Friday Night Lights played Bill Yes, Hurley. that guy. That actor. I love him. That you was know, a pretty good portrayal of Bill. Because, I mean, you know, I think he is one of these people who does believe in entrepreneurs and this and that. But he certainly probably learned a lot from that experience would be my yeah. guess. Anyway, it's I really, I'm excited for him to present. I'm excited. There, a lot of the presenters are fantastic, are really. You're really knocking your final code out of it's the park. really good. I can't announce everyone because we haven't announced them all, but there's like six more that are big names so well my, i can't wait and get them all to my poker game we already have big names andy jassy uh, who else do you have andy jassy from amazon sundar pachai uh pete Buttigieg. these are the ones we've announced vanessa pappas from tiktok i love um, vanessa which can pete really Buttigieg bring the babies i don't think so oh. i'll ask him <laughs> Are you bringing the babies? Because you bring really those have... babies. Those no, babies are adorable. No. Although he and I did, I was, um, I hate to um, sound like a name driver. I went to Kamala Harris's house for a gay party for a, for Pride weekend. And I thought was, you said a day party, but you did no, say a gay, gay party. party. Kamala gay had a Pride gay weekend. Was she anyway, wearing that, that denim jacket with the rainbow? No, okay. she just was in her suit. She looked great. Uh, and it was at the vice president's house. And so Amanda and I went and Pete Buttigieg was there and we talked about his babies. 
Oh, so. well, you remember Kara interviewed Pete Buttigieg back in the day for yeah, several times. Yeah. Well, yeah. And one of the times you had him on, it was when he was getting ready to, to announce his candidacy, yeah. I think. Oh, he was running. And I was in, t- I went to it. You and did. You wouldn't even went. You forced yourself in. I forced myself <laughs> into the situation. I was there. I was like Windexing his, the desk that he was going to sit were. at. So everything oh, was, looked good. I was very I nervous. Was he thought I was bit. your assistant, his campaign Liz, manager. Yeah, who just was the, on a pivot. Actually. Yeah, she was just on Pivot. She has that great book out. I was very much you enthralled. Were, you loved him. I, I'm was a not, I liked him. I like him very much. And but I was not. I, he was not my candidate. Official. But he's so he's such a presence about him. He has he that does. Obama Clinton. That's sort of he like does. you know you know sure. when he enters yeah. a room. And it's mm-hmm. interesting because he doesn't have the stature like these guys. I, it's not no. that he's six feet tall, but he has that really he vibey does. rock star presence. Like you know when Bono walks into a room and you're or Madonna or Harry yeah. Styles. Like you yeah. know even if you're not in the same room, the el- the vibe changes. And Pete Buttigieg has that, and it's kind yes, of sexy. I would agree. Try not to, to rush the stage when you're there, if you don't mind. I, w- <laughs> I do. I just see the babies now. I just want those babies. Yeah. I don't know if you saw what's happened since you have been in a cocoon of sickness in the last 24 mm. hours. What? But you you and Scott Galloway on Pivot talk a lot about Dr. Oz. Scott was a big <laughs> fan of Dr. My Oz. Bed, I'm like, I will tweet what a wanker this guy is. So there has been a, like, I mean, I honestly, I don't donated to Fetterman's campaign yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. apparently so did. Oh, did you get one of those stickers? I would like one of those. First of all, his social media, like his it's email back to me. Like mm-hmm. if I get the Democratic campaign, the, the whatever, the, the Democrats, like if I get an email from them, it's usually screaming at me like we have mm-hmm. a problem. This is yeah. a disaster. But Fetterman his email to me made it feel like he'd actually written an email. Like you're awesome. You've donated for the first time. This is so cool. Like it was a normal person. He really is. I interviewed him a long time ago, actually. I I was onto him very early when he was fighting the election fraud stuff. And I thought he was rather clever in the way he did it. And so I had him on sway very early. um, I remember that first time I really so impressed with him so early. Same thing. I had Stacey Abrams on quite early in her career, way before she was sort of the thing. You know, both of them represent just a different way to do politics, which is one of the things that he does. And I think on Twitter, someone said this, and I thought it was a really smart point, which was he doesn't sort of paint Oz as a villain or the end of civilization or anything else. He just portrays him as an asshole. Like, yeah. you don't want to vote for this asshole. Well, He's an asshole. He's you an know who portrayed asshole. Dr. Oz as an asshole who, yesterday? Who? Dr. Oz. Yes, he does. (laughs) No, he does. The man walks. I think the other day I was saying someone, I don't think he wants to be senator. He's trying to do everything. He wants to stay in New Jersey. He does not want to move to Pennsylvania. I mean, they did an ad at one point. I can't find it, but where um, Fetterman's team spliced together all the times that Dr. Oz said, I'm from New Jersey in an ad is like 300 times. But so yesterday, the big or the day before yesterday, the big scandolo, which was Mm -hmm. doctor. And it's always funny to me when Mm -hmm. politicians slip up over food, right? When they eat Mm -hmm. pizza with a fork and knife or they eat a bagel wrong. And so this motherfucker. And he's, first of all, he, he says the name of the grocery store wrong. He conflates yes. two well-known names of, of it's Redner's, but he calls it Wegner's. Or, 
Redner's is a very good store in Pennsylvania. My family. And he was actually at a Redner's, which is what everybody noticed. Yes. And so then on, so that to insult to injury, he then was, you know, grocery shopping for his wife while somebody was filming it to get a crudite, which is like Mm -hmm. the least Pennsylvania thing you can do. There's a crudite. And as everybody has gone, it's, you know, it's turned so funny. We call it a veggie plate over here. Veggie plate over here. They don't even eat it. No, veggie tray, veggie tray. But then he picked out, like he was trying to shame Biden into like, look at how expensive he picks this tiny little head of broccoli. Broccoli. What was broccoli the, doing there? Like broccoli, asparagus. Like I don't want his crudite or his. By the way, you tray. buy a box of of if you're doing a veggie tray, you buy them already cut up. You don't you, buy a broccoli. You buy it and then he already with the little uh, carrots. That I mean, everything he did in that moment was wrong from the then dropping tequila like you're saying oh, i'm gonna get where's the tequila what? he's like you're in pennsylvania it's a beer town like what he, are you talking about he should have said stegmeyer which is an old beer yes there. so yeah. the the response has been amazing there is a now wegmans or whatever he said the grocery store wegner wegner they have started a twitter profile and it's hilarious and yeah. the tweets are great the audio of him walking through the store as he's selecting his accoutrement for his yeah. coup d'etat. It was funny it's, because one at the end of it, I noticed me and my family's from Pennsylvania and a lot of them still live there. It, and I was born in Pennsylvania. I was actually born in Pennsylvania. He, he tried to do a Pennsylvania accent at the end of it. And I was like, he was talking very New York elite in the beginning. And then he drops in kind of Pennsylvania. Sounds like my aunt at the end, kind of. I thought I did some grocery shopping. I'm at Wegner's and I, my wife wants some vegetables for crudite, right? So here's a broccoli. That's two bucks. We'll have a ton of broccoli there. There's some asparagus. That's four dollars. Carrots. That's four more dollars. That's ten dollars of vegetables there. And then guacamole. That's four dollars more. She loves salsa. Yeah, salsa there. Six dollars. Must be a shortage of salsa. Guys, that's $20 for crudite. This doesn't include the tequila. That's outrageous. We got Joe Biden to thank for this. Honestly, if I were him, I'd, I'd go on who he is. I'm really famous and I, yeah, I did. I moved here. Like, yeah, you know what? I just did. I want to be your senator. I think I'll be great. I'm, if Trump gets in, you're, you, know, you get all the shit. Like, that's the way he should go. You know, Pretending the, to be something he's not. Same thing um, is happening to Blake Masters in Arizona and in John, Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. The, the Republicans have led with the crazies, essentially. Right. And it works in Wyoming, for sure, but not it certainly anywhere did. else. It's well, working well. Thought. I mean. No, it didn't work because it didn't. It's not going to work because now they're left with crazies in charge. And so they were not there now. Wyoming had the most powerful congressman in Congress, one of them, as their representative. Now they have a crazy lady now who they looks have a little trans to me, like who wears wake up badly, who really is not going to be powerful in any way. Even in a Republican administration is not going to be powerful. So, yay. Now you're back in the in the way back uh, yeah, of the You're of in the, the way back of the stuff, line. hundred percent. And before you had this ranking person who could deliver stuff for Wyoming and good, you win. You, you get to win. She is the most conservative person they could have and a really honest conservative. I don't agree with anything Liz Cheney says. And they had what the person they should have had there and they traded her for someone who's willing to throw that's you have someone willing to throw it in on a lie in order to be elected. Good for you. Now you got nothing and she's crazy and yay. 
Now you don't um, matter with Wyoming. You don't matter now. In I tend way. to keep uh, Trump out of the newsletter. As you know, we wanted a, I certainly it. I certainly But Liz Cheney is an interesting. No, no, no. So, but this week, politics and pop culture have definitely intersected yeah. more, more so than the last few months, really. She'll be on boards, by the way. I bet oh, a she'll bunch be of, on boards. A lot of companies, including tech companies, might pull her onto it. But you're always looking for a conservative, right? She's going to write a book. She's going to be on shows. Right. I don't agree good. with her politics, obviously. And so, no. you know, and, but speaking of books, have yeah. you read the review of Jared Kushner's Breaking History no. in the New York Times? No, what they say. Um, Okay, well, this is my maybe my favorite line. Reading this book reminded me of watching a cat lick a dog's eye goo. (laughs) That's the greatest. That's the greatest. This book is like a tour of a once majestic 18th century wooden house now burned to its foundation that focuses solely on and rejoices in what's Mm -hmm. left amid the ashes. The two singed bathtubs, the gravel driveway and the mailbox. Wow. (laughs) It is a truly, truly wonderful review. You're one of the most world's best interviewers. And Mm. I think your best way though, as much as your interviews were great, the best way for people to get to know you was your Mm -hmm. last way with Naima Reza interviewing you and putting you on the hot seat. And I I feel like there's just a few things people always are asking me about you. Like Mm -hmm. how, how does Kara do it all? So first and foremost, did you know you wanted to be a journalist from no. like in high school? No, no. What did I you think you were going to do? Paper. I, I was the yearbook editor, but no, I wanted to be in the military. I wanted to be in the CIA. So I've said that before. I wanted to be in the military for sure. Uh, for part of it, my dad was, and I wasn't able to because I was gay. So, you know, I probably would have been in military intelligence. I would have been an excellent general, as my children often say. You're because very tidy. A, I will I'm say that. I'm very tidy and bossy. <laughs> you go to Kara's house and it could be like, she has four it's kids. Not. It could look like a tornado. In, at no, like, it does. It does. No, I'm so saying in one minute, we, we can walk in, you've been away and it, the place looks like a tornado and yeah. you may not have slept for three days. You may yeah. have 18 columns to write. That yeah. house, you will do nothing until that house is sparkling. You <laughs> that is are correct. Like I'm brushing doing that right it with now. a toothbrush. I like dragged myself from bed and I was like, no, this shall not pass. You know, I I wanted to do other things, but I thought journalism was an interest. It would have been very similar to being a CIA analyst or in military intelligence would have been a similar putting things together, figuring out what's happening. And so I got into journalism in my freshman year of, of college at Georgetown University, where oddly enough, Ron Klain was the business manager. Explain. Ron Klain is the chief of staff to President Biden. He was business. He sold oh, ads. but business manager, though. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? He just, you know, sold ads. He's the one who sold ads for the school. Oh, of the school, and I was of the, the college paper? I was the, star, I was the star reporter and he was the business manager. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. And then from Georgetown, you went to directly to the Washington Post? No, I worked oh, a lot of different places, but I went to Columbia Journalism School for a year and then went, worked for John McLaughlin, the, the right wing Oh, guy. that's right. I remember that part. That was one of your least him. favorite jobs. Yes, I testified against him in a trial, sexual harassment trial, and then worked for a bunch of little places and then ultimately ended up delivering mail at the Washington Post and worked my way up. Essentially, that's what I did. The literal mailroom. I mean, yeah, you hear these stories like Michael Ovitz was that way. Yeah, and the, he was, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a couple. It's a couple. By the way, I made that mailroom very neat. I or- reorganized it beautifully. <laughs> and right before they brought it all down, I went and saw it. I'm like, it's the same because it was such a perfect organizational. But then, so how did you go from when I met you, you were, I mean, this was at the beginning of the consumer yeah. internet dawn of yeah. the, the AOL mm-hmm. world and all of that. 
what got you interested in that? How did you say, oh, wait, I, this is really interesting what's happening well, out? Well, I had tech. finally gotten a reporting job at the Washington Post after doing everybody else's job. I worked my way up. I really did. There was no other way about it. And they put me on a beat nobody wanted, which was early. Uh, it was digital services. And that was AOL was not on the Internet, actually, when it started. It was an online service. And so I thought was intrigued by it. And I was interested by Lisa Dickey, who was a, a friend of both of ours, who I used to go out with. You know, she was in Russia and she was communicating over these things. And I just became instantly intrigued by it right away. How are and these so, things happening? How right, is every, how's right. the world reminded, getting smaller? Yeah, it reminded me of, you know, I'd studied propaganda and I was like, this is really a worldwide network of information. This is massive. And ended up meeting a lot of figures like Mark Andreessen and many others, Jeff Bezos, early on. And it was very clear when you saw it, what was, it was like meeting, it was like seeing the telegraph for the first time. You'd have yeah. to have television. And so, and the thing is, most of the people at places like the uh, Wall Street Journal, where I then worked after the Post, they were not enamored with it. They're like, they thought it was a Ponzi scheme. So one, one of them called it CB radio to me. Um, and I was like, no, don't you see where it could go? And so this is the kind of thing I would have been doing if I was in any of those in analytical professions. I analyzed it and I was like, this is going to be big and it's going to make a lot of people a lot of money. And so, you know, I just saw the turn. There was a turn and I saw it before. Other you people. saw it before most. And yes. we were at that time like that. I moved to San Francisco in 97 and I think you know, it's, that was an incredible time. It that was, was when was San Francisco fun. was, it was like the dot-com world, all of those people, whether Mark Andreessen or Larry Ellison or Jeff yeah. Bezos, who obviously wasn't in San Francisco, but still it was, no, everybody was accessible. Everybody was sort yeah. of, you were integrated. You were seeing yeah. each other at, at dinner and at parties. Yeah, or bars. yeah. No, they were just, all available, the Google guys. They still, in some, to some extent, some of them well, still to you, are. they're all accessible. Well, no, 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 no. They're, they're much more accessible than most potentates. Um, but in general, it was a really small industry that then became massive. And so I think, you know, the, the really big moment was when Netscape went public and then, which was not that big, but then when Google went public and stuff like that. And I had been covering them for many years before they went public, which was, you know, it's important to know people right at their beginnings. Right. Um, because the, but you then, always you know, did. You did that. You know, it's sort of where the world turned. I mean, before yeah. tech and uh, the people didn't know the founders or care about the founders or CEOs of the companies yeah. that they were, you know, either investing in or lived with in their homes, well, things like that. That's not true. They did. They did. Thomas Edison was a star, a business well, okay. star. So Thomas you Edison is an except, but founders I'm saying like, were. yeah, well, you're right. Always. There was, there were a few certainly in that era, but you sort of started to see Silicon Valley and you were very much the person who helped make yes. usher this. Yeah, team. I think I spent a lot of time with him. And one of the things that I remember Walt Mossberg, who was my mentor, really told, and by the way, this is the 20th code. And Walt was the one I started with. And um, he can't come this year. We're going to have a very nice tribute to him. But one of the things he told me, because he helped me get the job at the Wall Street Journal, he did get my job at the Wall Street Journal. He turned to me and he said, listen, don't go in with your cleats on, you know, when you go in there, because this is just any other capitalist business. And the second thing that I then formulated was I wasn't going to tell tell you how the watch works, which a lot of tech reporters were doing. They were telling you how a watch, the inside of a watch worked, which who cares? And I was going to tell you what time it was. That was mm -hmm. my whole thing, I, you know, because too many of the people who covered it were either fanboys or highly technical, and neither of which could. That's right. It was, and that's why you and Walt coming together was so we extraordinary did. because you made, and that's why there was this like rock star status yeah. of you two because you yeah. brought technology to people that 
yeah. had not been spoken to in that way before. Everybody else. It was a story, just like and any story. So. Yeah. And you've carried that into why you're such a natural freaking podcaster. It's mm -hmm. really incredible to watch how you just do it. Blabbing away. Who is the person that you haven't yet been able to secure an interview with? Taylor who's Swift. I would like to do a Dolly Parton, obviously. Trump. Dolly. I would like to have Trump on. Liz Cheney. I think Madonna would be a really interesting interview. I just do. I just think she's really fascinating. You would have to, if you do a Madonna interview, yeah. I, yeah. would you ever incorporate video into it and release the video? The, oh, the maybe. I think idea. it would be because her whole mannerisms, like yeah. what she's doing, her whole face yeah. is sort of part of. The, I think she was so important. Like there's a lot of women who are so important. Of course, she stays on. And so people make fun. Well, of Well, she has sometimes. a movie being made about her. So I that's going to be the perfect herself, time right? to have she's, her and I mean, the person. Who's again, if she was a man, she would have been feted as being a critically important character in, in the development of music as much as she she is. But she isn't right. Well, Beyonce, because people we'll see focus on Beyonce. the the personality and yeah, her sort which of is fine. She, some, she can be ridiculous if she wants all these, you know, Elon Musk is ridiculous. The right. That's right. She's earned the right. Elon Musk isn't ridiculous. Of course he's ridiculous. You know, I someone like her, I'm, I'm fascinated by her, the transformative nature of someone and how many times you can transform before they just wear you down. Nobody wears her down. It seems like so. I, yeah, because I think she's, I think she's well aware of the criticism. I've talked about it in the newsletter. Yeah. There were some of her TikToks that made me feel uncomfortable. I know you didn't like it, but I, I'd love to talk to her. I think I would do the, you know, we did, I did such a good, I think Monica Lewinsky interview made people rethink her. You know, I was so I, glad Mon did that with you because yeah. it was such a great one. That Monica Lewinsky interview is truly. Don Stewart was another one. I thought it was a very revelatory interview with him that other people send to, to lick him up and down all the time. I thought I had a very frank discussion and he loved it. I have to say he loved it because. And the Matthew McConaughey one. McConaughey I thought it was one fantastic. Was I don't think he loved it as much, but you know, he did kind of. We had a, he's, he's a lovely person, let me just say. Yeah. Not so smart on legislation in Texas, but that's okay. Well, yeah, that could have been that could have been something he, <laughs> he could have known the names before the doing bills. an interview with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's sort of, I, you know, like, whatever. It's his world. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> and so with code ending and code is an ending. Let me preface it with you yes. leaving code. And yes. you and Scott have this amazing pivot. sort of vibe mm -hmm. and you have pivot. And is pivot con like good? To yes, grow we're going to focus on bigger? events. It may not be exactly like code. But it's certainly yeah. one of the things that's great about Pivot is our fans are just wonderful. Like we really have code people don't aren't fans. They're just rich people. I don't know. <laughs> They're just not like they don't want to live it. They, the people at Pivot love the show and live it and enjoy it. And we really appreciate you never have business. an empty seat in the audience, whereas code no. people are like, yeah, you know, like I could sort have of Jesus there. And they would be like, I have a I have a flight to catch to back unless to it's Elon, which is more interesting to them than Jesus. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I guess. In any case, we really think Pivot has a, a lot of legs. And even though, remember you told me it wasn't going to work? <laughs> you did. <laughs> I don't remember saying that. You, I, I, have the tw I have the text. You were like, I don't think this guy's going to work. I was like, yeah, I think he is. Oh, you mean um, Scott and you? Yeah. Not the yeah, conference. Oh. No, not the conference. No, well, no. I think, think, I think Scott is amazing. I just was worried. It was at a time when it was like, oh my God, this is pushing There's boundaries. A lot of cancel culture stuff going on. Yeah. I know, I know, and I was I worried about that. But the yeah. thing is, he leaned into it and you leaned into you. And it's such a 
you know, people love hearing. They, it's just like when you and I fight on Twitter, yeah. people love it. They love when you and Scott, because you're very intelligent and you also tell him, you know, you, you well, cut I him do. off. Like your quote on him in the New York Times was hilarious. <laughs> I love of them more. One of the things I think that we're at, you're getting back to what you were talking in the beginning, just to wrap it up, is people are looking for empathy in some ways. And what we're talking about with Nan Hesh. And mm -hmm. I think that one of the things people have a hard time doing is disagreeing today in a civil way that it has to all be you're wrong, you're wrong. Scott and I disagree on a lot of things and yet we respectfully do it and we yeah. learn from each other. And sometimes he changes my mind. Sometimes I change his mind. And I think it's, and sometimes we don't change our minds at all, but we talk about it. And I think people really value that today. And I think that if I had to put a finger on it, it's not because he says penis every 27 seconds. It's, it's that he, and I disagree civilly and we're still respectful to each other and, and people learn and think about things in a different way. And I think that is sorely missing from our social well, discourse. He and I don't have that relationship. <laughs> for sure. We did, we, we had a, we had some discourse, but oh. it was, he has not rebounded from it. He has not forgiven me like he forgives yes, Kara Swisher. Yes, you do. Yes, you, you have me in common and therefore you have to get along. Well, that's true. The enemy of my enemy. This is a thing I want you to think about, but we do at the end of every pod, the, it could be a person, it could be an idea, it could be a fictional character, but make, make out, out, who do you want to make out with? Who do you want to marry? And who do you want to mute? So I can go first and then you can, you can go off. Marry? Of I'm already married. I'm not gonna I know, say. but it's a theory. It's not like, it's just a hypothetical. Okay. You obviously aren't going to be married to somebody other than your beautiful wife, Amanda. Okay. So right. I obviously can make out and marry whoever I want because I'm single. I would absolutely make out with Pete Buttigieg. Sorry, okay. I know that I'm not okay. his type and his husband right. might get mad, but I would marry okay. Pete Buttigieg. I mean, make right. out with Pete Buttigieg. I would um, marry you and Amanda because I just want to <laughs> be a part of that family with the craziness no, and the kids and the, okay. and the clean house. And I would mute Dr. Oz. I would mute That's him, it. though it's been pretty funny, I have to say, yeah. but uh, I would mute right. him and I would I would mute all the bad, you know, mean people out there on the socials. That's, all that's right. what I'm going to do all men <laughs> just to give you a thing. <laughs> OK, I would make out with Harry Styles. Holy moly. You know, that's my normal make out. Okay. You love, can we go to a Harry Styles concert together? I'd like to have him on the podcast. I'll tell you that. Can we go on a Harry Styles, to a Harry Styles show together? Please, anytime. All right. So make out Harry Styles, uh, marry Jon Stewart. Okay. Totally. And mute. Oh, so many. I think I would mute Kevin McCarthy. Interesting. He threatened the attorney general. That was, that's something that's. And then turned out to be wrong. Obviously sure. he turned out to be wrong. He's wrong yeah. on everything. Well, you're a legend. You're my darling friend, bestie, sister. Okay. Um, we That's laugh, it. we cry. We, by the way, the last thing I will say is that you never talked about on pivot. And I don't know it's if it's because Scott is mad at me, but you never, you talked about your trip to Europe throughout all of Germany, your Top oh. Gun premiere yeah. experience, how great <laughs> it was. Not once in any of the times you fucking talked about it. Did you say, oh, I was there with Brooke. And by the way, Brooke is reason why we were at the premiere. Uh, you didn't say any of that bullshit. I didn't. I will when he gets back from Scott Free August. Well, you can say it right now. Who was your companion on that trip Brooke to Brooke And who went to the premiere with you? Almost didn't, Brooke Hammerling. I know, we did get into a little squabble. Um, but it was fun. We had red carpet. Yeah, it was We nice. had red carpet It was, it was a good movie. Did. And I then we ran right into one of my fans, which Brooke was horrified. Okay, about. that, okay. I say, I keep saying we're closing. 
I'm not going to lie, guys. And Kara, she does <laughs> say this a lot on her podcast and it's annoying it's as fuck. When she's like, oh my God, somebody was parking the car and came running out to me. And it's like, yeah, I'm such a huge fan. Or the pilot of the fucking airplane was like, I love that I'm flying my favorite podcaster. And you guys hear her say it. We all roll our eyes. True. But the fact of the matter is it's fucking true. And it's annoying. It's, we were sitting so at the premiere of... A Top Gun and Tom Cruise is there talking and this couple sit next to us and she's like, oh my God, I am your biggest fan. Kara Swisher like taking selfies, freaking out. And I rolled my eyes, but it happened yeah. everywhere. People came up to us on the streets uh -huh. and this is in fucking right. London. So when you do yeah. say it, I just, I'm there to offer legitimacy. It's, it happens. But, it's um, hard being famous. What it's, I mean, and you, you, I don't know. It was really annoying. People kept bringing you fun <laughs> things though at like yeah. at places. So I'll That's take true. that. With that, I thank you. I love you. And thank David, you, you're the, the best. The Advil's wearing off, so I've got to go lie down. You got to go. I got to go. And we'll talk soon. I soon. love you. All right, bye. Bye, guys. Pop culture.